Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease you know you've got a comeback in you when you take the next step you're going to make it count for your career for your family for your life you can earn a degree you're proud of with purdue global purdue global is backed by purdue university one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities this is your chance this is your opportunity this is your comeback purdue global purdue's online university for working adults Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's 12.45 a.m. in the Sahara Tent, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello, and welcome to Night Call, a podcast to keep you company during those strange days and lonely nights. My name is Emily Oshida. I am in New York City. And with me on the other end of the line in California, I have Molly Lambert and Tess Lynch in Los Angeles, California in a creepy garage. I in hear a, there's some ghost air going on over there. There's some ghost air. We're, we're in a podcast garage, a classic, classic <laughs> Mark Marin style. In the true L.A. Garage. tradition. Yeah. Um, but Tess warned me before we went in here. She was like, yeah, everything's fine, except there's like a fencing dummy in there that might scare you. Wait, is this a different garage than you guys are usually? Yeah, we're usually in a house. And uh, this week we're in a garage. It's my garage and it's not a podcast garage. Okay, it's it's a garage (laughs) that I cannot get my car into because I have a long, narrow driveway and it's scary. So it became... Like a repository it's for a, things. It's a rumpus room. It's a rumpus a hobby room. hole. A hobby <laughs> hole. At some point, 
It was determined not by me that it needed a dummy for fencing practice made out of like a coat rack covered with like a super scary sheet and some batting. And it's just kind of right behind us. Yeah. When Tess said a fencing dummy, I was like, I don't know what that means. But I was picturing like a crash test dummy, which would also be super scary. But this is literally it's just like a human form, like a dressmaker's form, just like covered in like a mummy sheet and wrapped so Whoa. it looks like somebody yeah uh is it looks like a dead body it, it looks like a dead fencing? body standing up what who was who fencing fences? peter i mean my, Tessa's, hus- Tessa's my husband's husband an ex-fencer is an ex-fencer wow and, i didn't uh, know that he parried his way into her heart <laughs> <laughs> but then he was like you know i think i'm gonna do like an art project and create and i was just like not in my house not in the house get it out of the house and he was like garage it is it and looks now like a sculpture worse. it's it on does. a christmas tree stand i'm gonna take a picture of it yeah we'll please share it with our listeners socials. um but even scarier <clears throat> maybe than the form of the body is there's like a hand sticking up behind it that's a glove. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> so it looks like there's like a hand reaching out of the couch a little bit, uh, which adds to the spookiness. This would be very spooky at night if you were alone. Yeah, uh, that's terrifying. like the kind of form that seems benign during the day. And then when it's silhouetted at night, it just no, looks like even a person during in the, the day. It's terrifying <laughs> during the day. We're in here right now, and it's a little chilly. I'm not Joanna Gaines, okay? I did not design <laughs> this space well. Where's the shiplap? Uh, <laughs> where's the shit? Uh, honestly, it would be fun t- now that I'm in here for the first time in a long time. It, it's a long story why we're in the garage, it's but here we are. It's very spacious, though. I was going to say. Yeah, it's big. Most, you know, this isn't, like, full of stuff. There's, like, it's like a room, an empty room with a body in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Jill. <laughs> I think it might be an escape room. It yeah, An but you can go, come and leave for free unless you cross me, <laughs> and then we'll see. Then we'll see where we are. So <laughs> we came Tess's garage. <laughs> so we wanted to follow up real quick um, with some feedback that we got from a night call a couple episodes ago. At this point, the call that we got about the phone call. Um, a call about a call. The one that had the ice cream truck music and the little voice that said, hello, hello, <laughs> which sounded really, um, yeah, I think that gave us all the chills. Yeah, a recent, a recent episode, but already a classic, a night yeah. call classic, <laughs> the exactly. ice cream truck. Hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> um, when I was in New York, I heard so many <laughs> ice cream trucks and I thought about it every time. Did you make any calls, Molly? <laughs> no, I should. That was a ripe opportunity. It missed. didn't occur to me to call any of you and ambiently leave terrifying ice cream truck music. Because um, <laughs> what if you picked up and you'd be like, "Why are you calling me?" And doing Hi, Molly. This? Hey, Molly. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of our listeners told us to check out a reply all episode that was uh, pertinent to this this particular scam. Yeah. Emily, would you um, like to summarize? Yeah, so the the caller on Reply All had had an issue that is sounded similar. I'd be interested to hear from our caller if her story at all overlaps with this because the main difference for the caller on Reply All is that she was getting a bunch of calls and they were on a toll-free line in her office. So it wasn't a cell phone, which I believe our listener had call, had gotten the call on a cell phone because I think she, I remember her saying that she had been in the car with friends when she decided to answer it. But um, so this person on Reply All 
had gotten a series of calls that she started recording um, because they were these, they just sounded like they were coming from all these different places. They almost sounded like field recordings of different spots and they play them on the show. And it is kind of eerie. Like there's one, there's a series of ones that are like at a basketball game with a kid talking. There's some stuff that's like seems to be out in a field and you can hear something that sounds like a um, like a, an air raid siren or something going off. It's just really kind of eerie stuff that feels kind of creepy pasta ish or something like just this sort of unexplainable uh, kind of, I don't know, like found art type thing or something. Um, so she she called and was asking about it. And so they investigated and. Um, the the thing that they kind of figured it was, and they like went all the way to like talking to a an FBI agent who had been assigned to this case, um, is that it's a form of phone fraud. But it, that only applies, I think, with the um, the toll free number because like these people will put all these calls into these um, like just kind of create a bot essentially that that sends all these calls to these toll free lines and then gets. Um, like has at one point along the chain of uh, of like towers and carriers, they get a kickback for that call being sent through. So the longer you can keep the person on the line, which is the reason for like the weird recording and have a longer call, even if it means just like making it a minute as opposed to 30 seconds, that all adds up to being, you know, quite a bit of money potentially. <laughs> I want to know how much money that really is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they were they it, enough for the FBI to get involved because I think that phone fraud is fairly common, but it's not something that's reported a lot because it's kind of opaque and boring. But I think a lot of um, like there's stuff where um, wait, are podcasts a phone fraud scam? <laughs> <laughs> they keep you on the line as long as po- like three hour podcasts. Yes. Um, no, I I think well, there are some cases of. Um, of people doing uh, doing a f- uh, phone fraud to fund terrorism uh, because you can just like do all these junk calls, but if you get a kickback from the carrier, then it can like totally add up. So um, yeah, so this was uh, this was their theory about it, and they 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 more or less solved it on on the show even though the lady still was getting calls. And the, one of the guys who was in, in, involved in figuring out what was going on said that there are so few people who would know how to do this or have the like time. Like He's like, this person has to be retired if they're doing this and probably worked in the telecom industry because they know what you know they know how it works yeah yeah so so they're like he was like there's like five people in the world and i've probably talked to them like (laughs) who do this um it was a very interesting uh, episode that's interesting i wonder if that is what this is part of or if it's its own thing because my my immediate response to that was that if you're gonna call somebody and you're trying to get them to stay on the line and you do something creepy and then you keep calling back and it's like the same creepy thing over and over again, such as an ice cream truck. Uh, my response would be to like hang up immediately the right. next time they called. I wouldn't be like, I'm going to stay on the line longer to see if like more context reveals itself. The thing about the field recordings makes more sense because it's like you would stay on the line to try to gather context. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, is that also why I tell, I mean, this is maybe stupid, but is that why there are, you'll often receive like telemarketing phone calls with like such long lags yeah definitely that's why people in telemarketing take a really long time to like introduce themselves and say what they're doing and sometimes i'll stay on the line with them because i'm like i know you're getting paid right the longer that you talk to me yeah 
I'm Wait, always I, like, is that why they have the lag? I thought that was just because the calling machine had to had exactly a pause. It was taking time to connect them. Yeah, I thought it was just to make the whole experience longer. Cause no, because I think that lag is bad because most people hang up. Just hang up. Lag. Yeah, I always talk to the telemarketers. I'm always trying to get them to break the break the facade oh and like God. tell me some personal detail about themselves. I do that occasionally, but I you have to really catch me in the right mood for me to stick around. I mean, it's not, I never begrudge the person who's calling. I always feel bad for them. It's just like I don't have time to have this conversation right now. Hey, guys, Mother's Day is coming up. What are you guys doing for your moms? Well, my mom lives across the country from me, which is terrible. And uh, I am definitely going to be sending her flowers because she has been lamenting the longest winter ever. So yeah. I'm going to hit her with some flowers this year, guys. Nothing feels I'm more thinking, grown yeah. than sending flowers to your mom for Mother's Day. I can attest. Uh, it's true. Um, yeah. Flowers say thanks. Thanks, mom. <laughs> so uh, Pro Flowers is a really good place for um, all your Mother's Day needs. You can go and pick out the perfect bouquet. You can customize it any way you want. Go big or small or uh, as... As as big as your mother's your your love for your mother is <laughs> impossible, but you could get close. <laughs> and why just stop at Mother's Day? Moms deserve more than one day, so the flowers will last seven whole days at least. That will remind her that you're a good daughter and you love her. So right now, our listeners can send 100 colorful blooms with a free glass vase. Just $19.99 plus shipping and handling with our promo code NIGHTCALL. With fresh flowers, guaranteed delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. I love that you said vases. Hey, Tess is a mom too. Maybe we can send Tess some flowers. You absolutely should. I will accept them. Gladly. I like gardenias. (laughs) That's what I want. You can also choose the delivery date you want, and it's going to be guaranteed to be delivered on that day. And you can get it delivered on Sunday, May 13th, a.k.a. Mother's Day. So the only way to get 100 colorful blooms with a free glass vase, visit proflowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the upper right corner and use the code NIGHTCALL. That is proflowers.com and use the code NIGHTCALL. Did you guys call into any weird 800 numbers or anything? As um, when? Like as like a kid. Today? Like a kid. Like did <laughs> you ever like call a hotline? Oh, I called hotlines. I feel like I called Loveline probably. Really? I mean, not that's not. Yeah, I mean, I think I did. Like did I you call I, like I was having always a, on the phone. Did you have a problem or you just wanted to call to see what what happened? I think I just wanted to say what's up. I mean, I just have this memory of like, you know, if there was a number to call, calling it kind of. And I also tend to stay on with telemarketers, although the Windows PC, there's a virus on your Windows computer. It's gone every time I've like had a real engagement. I get so sad about that scam. What are you talking about? Uh, I have a landline, so I get like a a lot of telemarketing calls. And there's this one scam where people, you know, you're called by a supposed technician who says that there's a problem. You have like a virus on your Windows computer, which, of course, the likelihood of you having is not, you know. So a lot of these are targeted. Well, these are targeted at older people. Mm -hmm. And then they can kind of block you out of your computer remotely if you have, you know. So, yeah. That's interesting too, though. But but also, like, I feel like the people who get into those scams sometimes it's because they're lonely and they're like, (laughs) somebody called me. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It kind of preys on this boomer fear of like, you know, the like 
computer virus. I, I, growing up, oh, my dad was oh, so preoccupied Tess, with computer viruses. Tell our <laughs> listeners about your nightmare. Oh, well, this is off topic because it's not no, an it's ice related. Cream, but it's related to fear and terror and nighttime. It's so over the weekend, I took a nap. I feel pretty guilty about it. I don't often <laughs> How nap. How dare you? I always feel really bad about it. I took a nap. <laughs> why? And of course, <laughs> I don't know why. I should have been doing other stuff. I took a nap. Um, and of course, because it was a nap, I had a nightmare, like a terrible nightmare. And I only, it was so brief that I only really remember the point just before I woke up where I had my computer in my lap and blood just started gushing out of all of the ports. <laughs> and it was the most terrifying nightmare I've ever had. Like, it was a very, it was awful. I was like, you saved that for your Stephen King novel. Yeah. That is a beautiful, scary image. It was, and I, like, I woke up and I was like, what would I do if that happened? Like, would I take it to the genius bar? Like, I know it would be somehow <laughs> my fault. Like, the blood was, like, my well, fault. I just was watching the original It, the TV movie one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is so good. It's so good. It is not good, Mom. Yeah, I'm sorry. You Wait, you're talking about the Harry Anderson? Yeah, yeah the original one. Oh, my yeah. God. It's, I, I I watched it semi-recently. I found it to be, like, all borderline unwatchable. But Oh, yeah. no, it's so good. You're crazy. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I also liked the Stan TV movie. Um. Yeah, me too. I love all the Stephen yeah. King TV movies. Uh, team Stephen King TV movies on yeah. the West Coast <laughs> over here. All right, all um, right. But I was just going to say the part in it when Beverly is in the bathroom and the like balloon starts just like a balloon starts inflating out of the sink and then it just like pops and it's full of blood. Yeah. Super scary. It's great. Also, we were watching it and my boyfriend was like, wait, is this about puberty? (laughs) (laughs) Could be. Did you see the new it? Uh, No, I did not actually. Um, they do that scene the, the the version of that scene that's in the new one I think is pretty great uh, it's wait uh, you like the new it more than the original it it's a more competent movie I would say yeah Whoa. I mean I don't love it but it's like Damn. it was there's some scary it. stuff in it yeah Whereas, oh man what I said oh man I'm just uh, I, I'm I'm riding for the original it well, wait well. Emily how old were you when you saw the original it oh I didn't see it until I was an adult I mean so I there's the ticket there you go. there's the thing <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> that would be it I saw it as an adult uh, and and uh, a person who writes about movies so yeah <laughs> look all I'm saying is if you saw Tim Curry as that clown that's yeah if you like turn to oh, the corner yeah. out of the the audio boom office in a moment and you see Tim Curry as that clown in Times Square. Oh yeah, no, he's he's great. He's and he's he's better than um what's his face? The Scar's Guard brother who's who's um Pennywise and like the a, new one. Elizabethan rough. Yeah. To be um, Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy clown. That's how you do it. That's what I thought was so funny. I was like, for the gritty reboot, they gave him like an old timey clown. Wait, doesn't rough. he have he had like a frilly thing going on in the yeah, original. Yeah, they made it yeah. like more Victorian. It's like one the of those funniest. stiff collars. It's like, yeah. yeah. So it's more Baroque, a little steampunk, you might say. Yeah. A okay. little, a, t- a tad steampunk. Speaking of things that belong to a certain time, Emily wrote a Ooh. really, really, really great piece on Vulture about um, EDM music and the recession. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. So, Emily, did you want to talk about more about that? Yeah, so, yeah, Avicii passed away i i I think it was a thursday it was thursday night and he was 28 years old but um i think i that was when i saw that that had happened no that was uh there are very few deaths now and it feels like there's another death every every week but that was one where i like 
I like like held out my computer like it was on fire. It was like, what? Because, I mean, yes, he's very young, but it also just felt like, um, I don't know. There, it, it kind of felt like uh, an end of an era in a way. And I yeah. I texted you guys and, and Molly sent back the picture of um, from, from Boogie Nights where they have the um, goodbye to the 70s, welcome 80s banner. Um, and that is definitely what this feels like. Um, and, I, I, and morbidly, I was telling Sam, my coworker on Slack, I was just like, I was like, just for writerly purposes, because I've always just been interested in writing and thinking about EDM. Uh, and it feels very much like it's felt like it's on the downswing for many years now. And I was always kind of having my antenna out for the thing that would make it feel like it was over, like, you know, some big club closing in Vegas or, or you know, some drastic change to the lineup at Coachella or something like that. And, uh, and this... F- you know, kind of undoubtedly felt like it was it, but it was certainly not what I ever would have wanted to <laughs> have happened yeah. or or predicted or anything. So it was really shocking. Um, I thought maybe the early, I thought the first end of EDM was when uh, people died on the hard fast boat when that girl like disappeared, yeah. you know? And then you realize like, it happens at every festival all well, the mean, time. Well, I mean, one of the big things was when they moved Electric Daisy Carnival from LA to Vegas. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason they moved it was because they were like, too many underage kids are going right at the Coliseum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of these raves that they do in like these giant indoor arenas, I find that like that seems like the worst possible oh, environment yeah. <laughs> to go to a rave in. Uh, but yeah. Th- yeah, this obviously Avicii like retired from performing a couple years ago yeah, uh, he had, because like, he had such bad issues with I think drinking. Drinking mainly. mostly, he said he had um, he had his like pancreas removed or something, and pan- he had pancreatitis. He was just having yeah. really really bad health problems, and he. Yeah, he was like, maybe I'll come back when I'm 60. Yeah. Um, people. Somebody was saying, like, now this turns, uh, I took a pill in Ibiza into, yes. like, Hotel California. Yes, that was you know? James Brooks. Yeah. No, it was, it was, uh, it was <laughs> Candle in the Wind. It was, yeah. Oh, Candle in the Wind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tess um, is making such a I face right shuddered. now. I just <laughs> That's hard for me, guys. I know, but we respect, you know, we, yeah. you can just transpose it onto music that you like. <laughs> you can transpose it. Uh, um, I was always trying to get you to do a, a column called EDM Emily. There's still time. Yeah. Well, I always wanted, it was one of these things I always wanted to write about and it was kind of hard to like pitch in a convincing way, like why I thought it was interesting. And there were like a handful of us that like liked EDM and would talk about it. Um, But, you know, it's very much like the way that it was talked about, I feel like was always like hair metal where, yeah, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's obviously a lot of problems with EDM in terms of like what kinds of DJs become the biggest DJs in the world mm-hmm. and the fact that they were all they're all dudes. straight white guys, um, you know, especially because dance music culture comes so much out of queerness mm-hmm. and uh, non-whiteness. And the fact that all these big DJs were like Calvin Harris, you know, Avicii, Diplo, like and all these, all these like, guys um, are the same kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, just sort of the advent of like bro step and dance music becoming just bro-y in yeah. a certain way. 
Um, yeah, it became but, this thing where it was like frat guys wanted to go essentially to the disco, which felt like an interesting frat turn. Frat guys on ecstasy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I like ecstasy. about the movie Saturday Night Fever is it's about like the end of disco when it is like meatheads in the suburbs, yeah. you know, just using it to pick up women. Going off of that, like I was looking at some old blog posts I had written and like it's and I was pointing this out at the time and it, in, in retrospect it feels even more soon that like Jersey Shore was a great harbinger of EDM yeah. because of totally, like the yeah. fist pumping and everything. About, yeah, it was about house music in yeah. in the bridge and tunnel house music. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I argue with my boyfriend a lot about Saturday Night Fever because I'm always like it's such a great movie and he's like it's a bad disco movie which is true, <laughs> you know? And the person who wrote it was actually writing about the mod scene yeah. and just like transposed, transposed all the it, details yeah. to be about disco. And I'm like, that's what's good about it. It doesn't matter with the scene. It, But he's he's very firm of like, yeah, but there are no good disco movies. There's no movie about like Paradise Garage. There's like 54 and yeah. and just like why it's so hard for people to make a good artifact about uh dance music culture and a lot of the best things are documentaries right uh i mean i will sit down for any old edm documentary i am did you watch the one there was one that was about like everyone going to a festival uh and i can't remember even what the festival was but it was like a just like a infomercial for the festival but it was actually really interesting there is one wait um there is one people from all over the world going to a festival and like following their stories well they did Uh, do a um they did an edc documentary a few years ago that was like because they do like a kind of big uh like victory lap clip every year for for edc in vegas where they show everything but then they did an actual feature length thing i think it was in 2014 because i think it was the year that i was out there um and yeah and it is just an ad for i mean like the swedish house mafia documentary which i always recommend to anybody because it's like so it really especially in light of of avici's death like i think really sheds a pretty uh like <laughs> unflattering light not a, on them it's an accidental spinal tap yeah because <laughs> it's like the people around them yeah. you know like when you see what it's like it's a lot actually like uh have you guys ever seen cocksucker blues the rolling stones documentary no, that you're like no, not supposed to see <laughs> it's so good because it's just like really depressing mm-hmm, it's like yeah. the height of the rolling stones like glamour and coke years and it's just like these super sad hangers on and all these junkies following Keith Richards around. And it just like makes being backstage and like just anyone who's not the Rolling Stones and even the Rolling Stones because you're like everyone's trying to get something from them. It just feels so gross and like really demythologizes it because you're like, oh, this would be like a horrible environment to be in every day of your life. And with these DJs, especially like a lot of them, you know, end up getting sober because like to just be in the club every night, you like cannot be getting fucked up every Mm -hmm. night, even though that's like what the crowd might be there for, you know, yeah, is to like have their party, their brains out. It's like that's your you're at work. Yeah, you're in your office. I mean, that's the thing. Like they all are like, we don't drink or like we don't do drugs or anything. And like you first you're like, yeah, right. You're saying that because you're in this documentary and you want to like look up. But then you watch it and you're like, actually, no, I believe you. And I understand why you wouldn't like it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I profiled Martin Garrix uh, when I was at MTV, who's like a young Dutch deep super world star, world star, (laughs) 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 superstar DJ. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, his just his schedule was like so incredibly regimented and he had just like a lot of handlers who were like, you know, whose job it is is to like wake him up and make sure he goes to the next place. Mm-hmm. But it's also like like I ended up feeling a weird kind of empathy for him because I was like, even though this is like the greatest life and he's living his dream, he has like all these people on his payroll where like he can't get sick or fuck up or like mm-hmm. their, you know, their day is fucked. And he like has to just be in like a different he has to be in like Vegas and then like you know Antwerp the next day and right. then like Tokyo. Yeah. I think that Martin Garrix's career also is like totally um follows the model of the Vici career where it's like he had the one song. He had the one really just like kind of culture it, not to the degree of levels but like the song that was a lot of places. Yeah, animals. And like my argument for like why that was great also was I was just like, how often do you hear instrumentals become like a big song? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even though instrumentals are so much a part of like EDM, it's like very rare for an instrumental song to become a radio hit yeah. for whatever dumb reason. Um Yeah, and you know, I definitely have a weakness for like EDM and big room techno mm-hmm. and super clubs and all that stuff. Yeah, and I've talked about like when I went to see Martin Garrix, we went to like Caesar's Palace to the Super Club and like mm-hmm. went in through the the back entrance, you know, and it was awesome. And then, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this is good. Like, I am not too jaded for this ever. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that it's it's a weird um, I mean, I, I, I wrote about this somewhat in the article, but like, I think that I think that Levels was sort of the one that broke it. But this whole kind of um, post recession uh, like people like us who I don't think that maybe prior to that, I don't think either of us would have necessarily been like, oh, we're going to like, l- you know, be glamorized by Vegas super clubs and like think that that's the coolest thing and actually like forget about no, it. It's probably something we bonded over at Grantland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we're the ones who we both like Las Vegas and like glitter. Yeah, but I feel like the whole Vegas boom around that and the whole culture and how it, the way it just became the part of the fabric of just like capitalist culture, just like that there's a dubstep drop in like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day sale ad or something like that. You know, it just became the texture of everything. And it came to signify like party. Yeah. Or like, yeah, just some, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I could spend the next five years just trying to dissect what what it signified but it did no, feel I mean, so post-processional like, music has changed i was just listening to jonesy's jukebox on the way over as i often am mm-hmm. and like sometimes when i'm listening to jonesy's jukebox and i'm like you know they're playing all the classic rock i'm just like rock music is kind of over like it's been over he for, plays some weird stuff though. he give does him, he give him credit a lot of weird stuff but i'm like i like this music but also like does it sound like ragtime exactly yeah <laughs> yeah well it's kids, like jazz you know? dusty, dusty music yeah it is like jazz it's like a specialty form mm-hmm. uh and it does feel like in order for a band to like the next really big band i don't know maybe we're going back to like djs and bands going back to rap rock yeah i mean now uh <laughs> ben just shook his head <laughs> um <laughs> i mean the night call ben <laughs> we like oh, rap rock and edm <laughs> If you grew up watching shows like Family Matters or Full House, and no, I do not mean Fuller House, F-O-H with that, you really need to hear Raised by TV from Earwolf. It's a really funny podcast. It's hosted by comedians John Gabris and Lauren Lapkus. And when they were growing up, these two watched a lot of TV, like a lot of TV. 
and they cover everything that you remember from your 80s and or 90s childhood, including candy and commercials and toys, all the junk that filled up your head if you grew up around then. They just released a new season covering the beloved Nickelodeon late night block Snick. And plus they're joined by guests like Scott Ackerman from Comedy Bang Bang and other luminaries and funny people from the comedy and podcast world. And it's one of those podcasts that will make you laugh embarrassingly on the subway when you think that nobody is looking at you. So subscribe to Raised by TV now in your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now there are like parents, especially like Brooklyn parents will like send their kids to go to rock school in the way that I feel like we like our parents would encourage us to do jazz. Like I didn't do jazz, but like I know a lot of kids that I went to high school with. It's like, oh, you like play the trombone and then you join the jazz like group at school or something. It's like became a part of your formalized education instead of something cool that you did when you weren't at school. And I feel like that's sort of where well, it's rock funny is now. Rock still has that like that theme of rock is that it's like, you know, for the kids and like <laughs> breaking away. If you're hip, you're listening to rock. You're listening to rock. But then, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Although I've been arguing with people online about the band Greta Van Fleet. Have you guys heard them? No. They're like a bunch of 20 year olds and they just sound exactly like Led Zeppelin. And then there was this interview <laughs> with Robert Plant where he was like, I know where he got that voice. He took it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Justin Bieber's been posting about them a lot, like Greta Van Fleet. But it's like it does oh, feel almost like it's like rock seventies rock cosplay rather yeah. than oh, like totally. And it does feel like the last iteration of rock that we even really got, which was the you know the New York uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom stuff, was mm-hmm. also very like cosplay e mm-hmm. reference dependent. Like you know, yeah. we're a shitty gang of four bands. I appreciated that EDM because so much of the, I was so like not into the the Strokes wave stuff. I think because so much of it was about like rich people posturing that they have no money. Yeah. Um. And EDM is like the opposite because it's like not rich people posturing that they're incredibly wealthy for like one night. You right, know. Right. It's like you save up all your money and you go to the club and get bottle service. Um. Although we did a little bit see the dark side of it at Hakkasan recently. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the completely mobbed version of it. I mean, I didn't actually go to a club at in Vegas until I was there to like write. I never right. went um, for fun. When I went with you guys, that was the first time I actually went. You know, on my own accord. Um, I mo- mostly preferred like going to festivals and stuff for that kind of thing because you can just sort of wander and it, you're not all cramped in this place where you have to spend so much money on alcohol or whatever. Um, right. And yeah, I mean, I have very, I, I have great memories of going to Hard Fest with you. I have great yeah, memories great. <laughs> of going to Coachella a few times. Uh, I was saying, like, the night of uh, that Avicii's death was announced, I was like, I want to be in the Sahara tent right now, just to like, because it feels like this day EDM died thing, and I just want to see what's going on, like what the vibe is. If any, mm. if any night call listeners were in the Sahara tent on Friday, uh, what was that? The twentieth? Um, oh yeah, it was four twenty. Then please, um, yeah, give us the report from on the ground. I'm very interested. Yeah, if you had a, if you had an Avicii uh, emotional breakdown, we would like to hear from you because. Uh, we are we are our listeners. <laughs> we are your we friends. About, That's the singular. We are your friends. We care about <laughs> your EDM feelings. I thought one of the best things, Emily, that you kind of talked about and described was that 
the kind of like adrenaline that went on, mm-hmm. you know, around the recession being of an age where you don't like you're kind of scraping your way mm-hmm. into a career and needing to like almost give yourself it was almost just like kicking kicking your body and being like, yeah, you know, just keep going. Yeah. And I, EDM's not like, I'm not like anti EDM. It's just not (laughs) like, it doesn't get, give me the feelings. Like I, you know, Uh, Tesla likes IDM. I I like IDM too. (laughs) I know we all like IDM, but I mean, but I, I connected to everything. Like when you, you know, we're writing about like couch surfing and then just having to like, just watch everything kind of collapse and be at an age where you, can't really handle seeing that but at the same time i just thought that was like just what everyone's 20s were like you know i was like oh i was so excited for my 20s always because i like watched too many sonic youth videos (laughs) and then they're like pretty depressing and suck especially if you like can't you know find a steady job it's like well i I, it can be rough but i just i i conflated that with the recession because mm. I, I didn't it didn't occur to me that there was like ever a time when you could like get out of college and get a job right. you yeah know? and and I mean I think also there's a key difference between like growing up and being in your early 20s and having somebody like sonic youth like a kind of disaffected like uh and and too cool for school and like you know too cool for your corporate culture or whatever like for a while anyway uh like band versus Something that's just so nakedly capitalist as EDM. Yeah, which I think is maybe mm-hmm. kind of the generational split on mm-hmm, that. Because mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. it was just hard for some people to see why you could ever like that. For yes. the same reason yeah. people that disdain hair metal, which is just like, it's about fucking partying. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and it's like not about, it felt so refreshing. <laughs> I think because we were all poor and like unable to imagine ever have, ever being gamefully employed or having any money and so something that was just so like, yeah, that felt such the opposite of reality, but also wasn't trying. Like, I, the last thing you would want to listen to is like, yeah, like like something like like garage rock or like you know people like rich people pretending to be poor or something. That's like the furthest from like right. where you wanted to go with music. I feel like at that time you wanted to escape to like the computer generated fantasy, uh, and that is what that is what levels offered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was totally not like a pure rockist but I was definitely like an indie rock person throughout my life and then like after college was probably the first time I started really like getting into dance music because it just also felt so vast to me I was like yeah yeah. I don't even know where the entry point is and like warehouse parties are great Mm -hmm. it's great Mm -hmm. uh it's awesome to be in a weird sweaty church with a bunch of people that are all just bonding over music. Oh, it's that's the other feeling. thing I could talk about for a zillion years is like the the way it just all feels like Hillsong after a certain point. Yeah, like, it does feel like Hillsong. Well, I I think about that a lot because yeah. I'm really interested in like you know group dynamics and uh, weirdly these things cover just all the things I'm interested yeah. in from you know EDM to the Olympics to we, yeah <laughs> you know like there's something <clears throat> scary about the power of, of groups crowds. That, yeah, like, we should very, I should also say that Hillsong is like Justin Bieber's church and like the big mega. Super church from Australia. Yeah, it's a mega church. There's something really comforting and amazing about like losing yourself in a group that is also really scary mm-hmm. and the bad the common version. feeling, like experiencing the same feeling yeah. as a huge group of people. Yeah. Right. And with EDM, it's so based around the drop. It's like, yeah. you like, know, whoa. it is like they revs up your serotonin, yeah. you know, and like Ugh. a really good. 
I feel like a really good DJ, you know, some of those super DJs are not that good and some of them are great. You know, mm-hmm. it really depends on who you're talking about. And I won't name and shame, but you can feel free to ask me all my real opinions. <laughs> offline. <laughs> but yeah, a really good DJ can like manipulate your brainwaves in a way that is so pleasurable yeah. and does take control. You know, I mean, I guess the ideal is like something where you have like some control, but like you're giving up some control. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're not totally just being manipulated. You're like part of the manipulation of yourself. Yeah. When As I, with drugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my favorite like recordings of any EDM ever is um, a, an above and beyond live recording. Um, I think it's like at Wembley or something like that. And um, and so you can hear the crowd noise and it's like this remix of like one of their really big songs. And like as it's building Something about the way the crowd is recorded makes you just envision everybody being inside like a big tilt a whirl and everybody's like screaming and stuff and like because they know the big thing is going to happen and it's like so joyous to listen to. Um, yeah. And like, you know, and I remember being like going to whatever, like a modest mouse show or something in like 2002 or 2003 or whatever. And being. Tess and I were probably there. Yeah. It was, it was uh, all tomorrow's parties. Um and being so irritated by everybody around me who liked the band that I liked. Because I was like, fuck you. This is my band. Like, Well, this- there's also there's like a thing in indie rock that is the arms folded at the show. Yeah. Thing, yeah. You know, like so much of Gen X stuff was about like not. Yeah. Not selling out. But like. Not really experiencing pleasure in anything that should yeah. give you yeah. a fun time. Being cooler than everybody. Uh, just punishing yourself. <laughs> like punishing other people yeah. by being, yeah. like, withholding information. And, you know, and the way information was dispersed was so different. Like mixtape culture did so much come out of like, you need someone to turn you on to yeah. stuff. It has to be You social. can't just find it yourself. And then we were totally the kids from the LCD Sound System song who were like, Hey, I learned about all this stuff yeah. on the internet yeah. <laughs> and I know just as much as you. And it didn't take me like any money to yeah. crate dig. Cause that was the big thing I always resented was like, if you wanted to have a great record collection, you had to have money. You had to spend you so know? much money and have the time also to like, you like, you know, go out and search for records instead of going to your job at the coffee shop or something. <laughs> hey there, are you a fan of podcasts? Probably you are if you're listening to this one, and maybe there's a chance you've thought about starting your own. But once you've recorded your show, what's the next step? How are you going to reach listeners and build your audience? Well, Audio Boom can help with their $9.99 monthly subscription plan for hosting and distribution. With Audio Boom's $9.99 subscription plan, you get 200 minutes of recording time for each episode, a branded homepage on the Audio Boom platform, embeddable players for web and social media, unlimited storage, and episode scheduling. Plus, thanks to Audio Boom's partnerships with the leading distribution and streaming platforms, your show may be eligible for placement on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn, pending approval by each platform. And with Audio Boom's advanced analytics, you'll be able to see how often your show's been downloaded, what devices your audience uses to listen to your show, the age, gender, and location of your listeners, and so much more. So to sign up for your $9.99 monthly subscription plan, go to audioboom.com slash start and sign up today. That's audioboom.com slash start. Sign up now and get the support you need to start your podcast today. That's audioboom.com slash start. 
So, transitioning from the end of one era to another end of an era that feels kind of connected mm-hmm. to to this, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the end of Craigslist Personals and Backpage yeah. and w- what that means for the internet in the future. Well, we were talking last week about um, Art Bell and kind of message board radio and and the kind of equivalent on the internet of of places where it really genuinely felt um not necessarily unmoderated but definitely not there for um like (laughs) making people a ton of money is more just like an open town square where people could wave their respective freak freak flags um and yeah, this, uh, so this was, uh, I think it was at the end of March that this act, uh, basically made, it made, uh, it rendered Craigslist personals and back page more culpable in the case, in cases of, um, uh, human trafficking and, and, and sex abuse and that kind of stuff. Um, so that they would be considered accessories to a crime if something was to pass through there. So that is why um, those places had to shut down their their services, basically, which also made it so that a lot of sex workers who were not trafficked uh, are out of a very vital part of how they make their money, um, which is obviously very bad. And um, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure where the activism is as far as like, or not where it is, but like, you know, what the status is on trying to get it reversed. Cause I know that there's mm-hmm. a big movement around that right now. Um, yeah, yeah, it seems crazy. It, it definitely feels like trying to litigate the internet and privacy in the way that they're trying to do now is crazy because right. you can't put it all back in the box and that's just what they are trying to do well it's so wild that you can do that i mean it's not wild i guess it's very predictable but you can do that for something like craigslist personals because it's so small and really not that much of a um economic force whereas mm-hmm. i think something like facebook which if you want to talk about stuff on the internet that has led to a uh, documentable harm uh, right. is definitely more, has way more going on there, including I'm sure some, if you, if you are, are that concerned about sex trafficking, I'm sure that you could probably tie some cases to Facebook. Well, that's the thing is like, you can't, you know, they're not like litigating people's private messages on like Instagram right. or yeah. Twitter where, you know, you could use all these things exactly the same way. The fact that it's just Craigslist Personals and Backpage, which, yeah, are, are totally resources that sex workers need to work safely, just feels like just part of the part of the garbage time that we're in. Yeah, right. And Craigslist Personals, especially, I feel like that was just one of the first things on the Internet. It, yeah, know? it feels like, like so early. It feels like this first flag plant planted down or something. Like our missed encounters gone? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's miss, such a good question. No, misconnections miss are still there, I believe. That is the one remaining part of um, of the personals there. That's so fucking weird. Yeah, maybe there's a way to migrate the everybody who used personals onto and like kind of sure take that, over. I'm sure it's happening right now. I haven't. I haven't looked. That's what bit. I would do. Yeah, that's the thing with all like the way you know with Sesta Fosta, which was a really evil bill that really targeted sex workers. Um, you know, and it's all these horrible right wing mm-hmm. idiots 
who are advocating for this kind of stuff. Um, And it's so weird in the Trump era, obviously, where we have like sex workers who have encountered Trump, you know, and just that those are the people, the people that pay sex workers are also the people that are like, this shouldn't exist. And if it exists, it should be dangerous for the, you know, I don't know the way that this, this just seems like such a bad fix for any, you know, I don't even know how much of a real problem this is. And in the meantime, it takes away this whole community. And I think especially for LGBT people who are trying, like there's still, that is still like a pretty vital place for people to meet each other and um, and to, you know, explore their needs and everything. And that... Right. It's like the internet that we talk about a lot of like, oh, the internet where like people can meet that like need to meet each right. other, yeah. you know, that like wouldn't... The inner nort. The inner nort. The inner nort. <laughs> the inner nort. <laughs> That's like the, the lame internet after... after <laughs> the inner nort. Like, on the inner nort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that the promise of the internet was like, I'll be able to find the other people that share my interests, especially if those interests are like things I need to keep secret for like mm-hmm. safety reasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just this idea that you're making it that much harder for people because it's not like sex work is ever going to stop or go away. You're just making these people's lives like much more dangerous. And there's no, there's no real response, um, like replacement for any of those forms. I mean, I, uh, I was curious because I saw that this had happened and I went to go check on this, um, this app, I guess you could call it, that I did a story on a couple years ago called Olala. That's like a paid dating app um, that is based in Germany and they were trying to roll out in the States. And I think that there was a lot of legal problems with it, obviously, uh, because of the way that... No, it, I heard they're like doing stings on seeking arrangement and yeah, stuff like that. yeah. Just all of these sites, which I totally feel like should be allowed to exist, because right. who fucking cares yeah. if somebody is paying for sex as long as everybody is getting paid, yeah. you know, right. and and can be safe. Well, the woman who started Olala, like originally had a site or had an app that was for that was for sex workers where they could advertise themselves and, and contact people and like, you know, have it be this sort of uh, yeah. you know, moderated messaging service. Um, and you mm-hmm. could also report people and stuff like that. But that, you know, that was in, in Berlin and um, where, you know, it's legal. Um, so it's, it's very different over here, but that, that didn't even last because people were, uh, I think didn't want to have their names attached to it. Like the, the Johns didn't. Um, and it, yeah, it, but it just, be, it became such a thing where it was like, you know, that they, for a while when it was when it was working and when when people were using it, it was like, oh, cool. I don't have to like stand outside in the cold anymore or like potentially, you know, be in an unsafe area. Yeah, that's the thing is like what we need is regulation yeah. and legalization, not like not just shutting things down that, yeah. you know, might be flawed, but right. serve a crucial purpose. And it does just seem like they made it about trafficking in order to sort of shove all this other stuff in, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people uh, were calling out Bernie Sanders because he voted for Sessa Fosta. Um, oh, really? And then, like, uh. retweeted a Cardi B thing recently, and everybody was like, hey, yeah, Cardi B was a stripper and a sex worker, and, like, she just gave a whole speech about how, like, sex workers at her level and, like, the strip club don't get the same attention for, like, Me Too stuff that, like, Hollywood actresses might get. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, so, you know, fuck him for trying to co-opt that. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Um, Cardi B for Prez, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, no celebrities for president. <laughs> no celebrities for yeah. president. Miranda no. legalize it. Yeah. that's, that's <laughs> Miranda fix the subway. That's yeah. as far as I get. Cause she just wants to be governor. I, you know, I, I was suspicious until she started putting her money where her mouth is and already like even her presence is. I'm just saying things. everything Cardi B has done so far has been unprecedented. So, you know, and she loves uh, FDR. So (laughs) I will never rule out a Cardi B presidency. I have to say I was a little shocked in that article. I forget who wrote it now. But just the person who who reported it didn't know that that FDR like started Social Security. I was like, come on, guys. Oh, man. Like, we need to know this. (laughs) Maybe they were just leading her to talk about it more by asking. Who's that? Who's that? Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Tell me more. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, Um, she's great. Whatever. I mean, I I don't need her to run for president, but she's great. And she should continue talking about the New Deal. Um. (laughs) I think she deserves way better than to be president, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out being president kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Just like being in a rock band or being an EDM DJ. There are no good jobs. All these glamorous jobs are actually not that glamorous. But podcasting from a garage. Podcasting from a garage, it keeps Mm -hmm. us us humble. (laughs) I'm going to flip this place for two million. Yeah. Live in the recession dream. Did you say you're going to flip it for two million because you know that's how much Mark Marion is is charging. I haven't for checked his Redfin. I haven't checked Redfin. Did uh, it close? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just been posting about it because it's like the famous podcasting garage. <laughs> the pod cave. This is also a famous pos- podcasting garage. One day. One day it will be. We're gonna take a picture with the scary yeah. uh, fencing dummy <laughs> to show you all. And then I'll take a picture here in, in the shiny uh, audio boom studios just so that take a picture with Ben's leather bad. jacket so we can see what it sounds uh, like. It's a members only jacket. Also, you should know it's a leather Are members sure? only jacket. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say members only jackets make a lot of noise. Yeah, they do. Nylon. Is, is yeah, that real members leather? can hear them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get some night call members only jackets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we should. And then we'll wear them to the super club together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll drive you guys there and back and then we'll do a choreographed dance routine like in girls trip <laughs> that we've been practicing please if anybody if any of our listeners have any ideas for merch that they'd like that they would purchase from night call they should let us know because that's a very yeah. real possibility on the if horizon you like a night call tinfoil hat yeah if we can that's have- such a good idea <gasps> we- can we have metallic <laughs> baseball hats and oh that's a great idea that actually i saw idea. a picture of art bell i was looking at art bell pictures for sourcing the art for last week's podcast oh you saw the tinfoil a- one it is art there's by a really the way, cute one of week. him with tinfoil yeah, hat I've and seen there's that. also like one of him holding his cat that's really good oh. um i felt a real kinship to him because there are a lot of pictures of him in a little in a, weird, a cat a weird podcast garage with a cat just like <laughs> us yeah so yeah uh us millennials will reveal our nakedly capitalistic ambitions yeah. to sell you merchandise for 100%. our podcast that's what um, that's what the millennial dream is all about like selling out and and but being genuine about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah good luck <laughs> that's a good bumper sticker too um but you, yeah give us a call at 24046 night um give us your merch ideas um share your edm memories Ask for um, they're I don't called know. EDMeries. EDMeries, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just share, share your. You can keep sending us ghost stories. Yeah, we, ghost stories too. They've been drying up, but if you have any alien up. stories, I would happily transition to alien stories as well. And advice, advice. We love advice. Oh yeah, Tess wants to give more advice. Not just me. You said you did too, Molly. <laughs> so yeah, give us a call, or you can also send us an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail dot com. And our advice to you: keep watching the skies. <laughs> Never stop. That's it for this week's night call. You can follow us on Twitter. Watching the skies for the drop. (laughs) It's up there somewhere. (laughs) That's it for this week's night call. You can follow us on Twitter at Night Call Pod, Facebook at Night Call Podcast, Instagram at Night Call Podcast, and as always, give us a night call at 24046 Night. Please also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave leave us a rating and a review if you are so inclined. We think that you should. You should be inclined. And that does it for this this week's show. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Hello. 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 Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you.
Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.